Today, Sally Lucas is taking us to France for an Anzac tour. And we're also going to take a look at Vietnam, Cambodia, and how you can get around there, plus all sorts of interesting things. From the world of travel to NURFM, we are talking travel. Sally Lucas, we always love going to France, and we love a good reason to go to France. I don't really need a reason, but anyhow, (laughs) yes, it doesn't hurt to have a good reason to go. And this one I'm talking about is for Anzac Day next year. Um, And I must admit, it is something, it is on my bucket list to do, to be there, uh, to do the dawn service at Villa Bretonneur, which where the Australian National Memorial is. And I think it would be just quite a moving and and wonderful experience. And of course, on Anzac Day, 1918, Australian soldiers captured the French town of Villa Bretonneur, and it was called then one of the finest feats of the war. So this is just a, a chance, I guess, to commemorate that anniversary of that outstanding attack. And you think, you know, when you think about where they were, it's not very far from Paris at all. You know, it's only less, probably less than a two-hour drive. Mm. You know, today's well, thinking about it. So it was very Paris was very close to being, you know, taken. It was a strategic battle. A very very strategic battle, of course, and you know the Australians were quite famous for it, of course, and they're well recognised and well represented in the town of Villa Bretonneux. Like even the little school, it's you know welcoming. Everything's in Australian, and there's streets called Kangaroo, and yeah. it, it's really quite quite moving. Um, but you also, of course, get to go to some of the other battlefields of the Western Front, such as Albert, Pozier. Uh, Thiepal, Beaumont-Hamel, um, Corby, Le Hamel, and of course you get to attend the Anzac Day Dawn Ceremony at Villa Bretonneur and the last post at the Menin Gate in Ypres. So it's quite an extensive itinerary of doing the Somme and the Flanders battlefields um, and you also get a World War One brochure and information pack with, with maps as well when you do this particular tour. It's a, a seven-night tour, by the way. It's fully escorted by an Australian called uh, Kieran McCarthy who apparently is an expert in World War One and has been really um, visiting these battlegrounds for over the last 20 years. Uh, he's a Queensland solicitor, actually, but he also um, has co-authored a book on Queensland lawyers who served overseas in the Great War and is a member of the Australian War Memorial, etc., and the Western Front Association. So you're being escorted by someone who's quite knowledgeable, you know, on on this area, of course, and I just think it, it would be fantastic. It's April next year, of course. That this is this is on, and you get lots of inclusions on the tour as well. You're getting, you know, all your breakfast, your seven nights accommodation. Uh, you're getting six lunches, five dinners. Um, as I said, fully escorted, um, all extensive touring and sightseeing as well. Now, while you're there, though, at Amiens, which is where you eventually start from, or Paris, you start and then go on to Amiens. The cathedral there is just one. Of the largest, uh, what is one of the largest classic Gothic churches of the 13th century, and it is quite remarkable. It's I thought it was just brilliant. It's, it was bigger than the Notre Dame, and um, and of course we don't even have that anymore, which is being rebuilt. But it's it's really amazing. It covers 7,700 square meters, and they say it can shelter 10,000 people within its walls. Wow, which is quite amazing. And that's the population of Amiens during the Middle Ages. So it was an impressive feat of architecture at the time, and it was built on and off over a number of years. But initially, in 12 round, started about 1220 was when it was first being built, and it was left unscathed 
unscathed basically through both wars. So it was extremely lucky, though it did get a lightning strike, I believe, on its roof at one stage. And so there was a little bit of, you know, restoration had to be done in the um, 13th century. But yeah, look, it's a, it's a magnificent cathedral if you get the opportunity. I mean, even if you're not going to do the battlefields tour that I'm talking about, it's only a, about an hour and 20 minute train ride from Paris to go to Amiens. And it's it's just quite spectacular. And from there, you can even just do a day trip of the, the battlefields that are nearby to Amiens as well, if you don't have that time to do an extended tour. So it's as you know, Jane, there's just so many beautiful cathedrals, of course, well, in Europe in general, but particularly in France, of course, Chartres, and then it's not a cathedral, but then you look at something like Mont Saint-Michel. I mean, that's just a magnificent structure in itself as well. So there are some beautiful places to visit. Now that the world is opening up to us again, we may be lucky enough to explore them. And maybe do a cathedral tour. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, look, it's just they're just such magnificent architectural edifices that you, you know, just got nothing to do with religion. It's just this, how they built them back in 1200. You look at the work. You know, they don't have the machinery or tools we have today. So, you know, the effort that went into making these buildings is just remarkable. And I dare say they didn't have lightning conductors in place all no, the time. Either. No, no, I, I dare say not. Uh, I think a lot of the stained glass has, has gone in, in that one and has been replaced because obviously since 1200 that's not always going to, going to last. But certainly... Basically, that cathedral is virtually unscathed since it was built. Sally Lucas and I are talking travel, and there's a certain attraction about some of the countries not too far away from us, certainly closer than Europe, Asia. <laughs> Of course, Jane, and we're talking Vietnam and Cambodia, and in particular, you're doing most of it along the Mekong River. So again, as we've discussed before, when you're going down these wonderful, beautiful big rivers in any country, it's the old original roads where everything transpired before we had vehicles that actually went on land. So you're exploring it the way it's always been explored, and I just think it's wonderful. You will still visit some cities, of course, but you're going to visit a lot of traditional villages along the way. Now, this is on a new vessel called the Jahan. It's been absolutely fully fitted out in a quite a, a high level of luxury and it only takes 48 guests, which is again lovely. The the small groups I think are very appealing at the moment. Um, now this starts in Siem Reap in Cambodia, which is your gateway to Angkor, of course, and you have three nights in Siem Reap to start with and doing all sorts of lovely things in and around that area, of course, including Angkor Wat, which of course everyone you know wants to see Angkor Wat, of course, it's, it's famous, um, but you're even seeing like um, Cambodian music, you're seeing dance, you're seeing all sorts of interesting things here as well as other temples, as well as Angkor Wat. And then eventually on day four you embark on the vessel, the Jahan, and you start your sailing of seven nights along the Mekong. Um, and that is really interesting in itself as well. Um, even in one of the areas along the route you see a pre-Angkor uh, temple which is goes back to the 8th century wow. as well you know we forget how ancient you know we talk about that old Europe and going to Europe and we say how old it is but like when you go into even Thailand like the north part of Thailand once I once visited some years ago like very similar 
um, architecture that you would experience in Vietnam and Cambodia, and some of the ancient temples and burial grounds were fascinating. You know, and I even hadn't realised because it wasn't something we studied at school when I went to school anyway. It was more the, the modern history that we studied of England and Europe and the Industrial Revolution. But once you go into these countries, and it, it's the architecture, again, as we've just discussed with France, but, I mean, it was magnificent. The detail in a lot of these temples is just astounding. And it was way back then. And it was way back then, yes. Yeah, so you're doing some lovely cruising along here. You'll visit other contemporary temples or what they do. The itinerary changes depending on weather, you know, which is a good thing. So, you know, you'll, you might visit an artisan's place, you know, who is making silk or doing some sort of work. So you'll be visiting all schools and, you know, all those sort of things that you'll be doing along the Mekong River as you go through the Cambodian countryside and you end up in the capital of Phnom Penh, of course, and you're doing wonderful things as well. They're going to the National Museum and you're going to local restaurants, really getting the real feel. Um, you can, if you want, if you're so inclined, venture into the countryside to see what they call the, the killing fields. And that's where thousands of Cambodians were murdered and buried in, in mass graves, which is quite a disastrous thing that happened. I mean, that's obviously an optional thing to do. Um, but yes, so you, you get some beautiful food on board. Of course, you're getting traditional Cambodian and Vietnamese dishes whilst you're on, on the vessel. Um, then you go into getting into Vietnam as well. And Tan Cao, which is one of Vietnam's most interesting markets where they sell a variety of tropical fruits and vegetables and other goods. You go onto a floating fish farm as well, um, which is wonderful to see that. Uh, then you go on to Kai Bay, and that's where you see all the um, the boats with their poles with what they sell. You know, they might have a potato on it or a carrot, and you know that that's the produce that they sell. It's quite fascinating to watch these floating markets in that Mekong Delta. It, it really is quite lovely to experience that as well. And then you might go to some factories where they... Um, do it, go to uh, a rice factory where they use rice husks, uh, reuse them for fuel and cooking processes, and even they sell the ash to farmers then for fertiliser. So nothing is wasted. It's really interesting. Then you continue on, of course, to Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City, whichever you prefer. And, of course, there's so much you can do there, including the Reunification Palace, the War Remnants Museum, etc. It's a, it's a fascinating city. It's busy. It's buzzy. It's it's keep you on your toes there, I can tell you. You'll have just come off this lovely relaxing cruise and you'll be thrust right back into the, the bustle of a very big, busy city. But interesting in itself as well, as I said. So this is quite a, a, a nice, I think, a different itinerary. You're getting a combination of city and, you know, like village lifestyle, floating markets, you know, temples, lovely seeing artisans at their work. So, and this will be departing uh, in January and February. Uh, are the departures for that. That's next year. Yes, mm. yes. So that's just something that you might want to consider if you don't want to travel as far afield as Europe. But there's lots of lovely things out there at the moment, Jane, to experience. So, yes, it's it's been getting very, very busy. And I was reading in the uh, paper today that the airlines are saying that they're, they're almost getting back in some flight routes like London to, to pre-COVID. Mm. Not all routes because a lot of the countries still haven't opened up and haven't, but it's really... It's good to see that this is this is happening now and people are getting some confidence back in, in wanting to travel again. To NURFM, we are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and it is time to take a look at hot deals. What is there at the moment in the current travel marketplace, Sally Lucas? Okay, Jane. Well, we were talking, of course, about the Anzac tour for next year and that is departing on the 22nd of April. Obviously, it's not with airfares. This is land content, so you would be adding that on to whatever else you're doing in Europe because obviously you're not going to go all that way for just seven nights, are you? Um, I, well, I would imagine not anyway. But that 
starts from a touch over three and a half thousand dollars, and as we said before, it's got heaps of inclusions in it and most meals as well, which is really lovely. Um, also, another nice itinerary for Australia. I saw the other day, well, I thought it was a, a nice combination, is doing the GAN from Adelaide up to Darwin. Um, and then you have a couple of nights there, you have a night in Adelaide at the beginning, and then you fly across to Cairns and you're going right up through the Daintree Cooktown and up to Bamaga and Cape York. So I thought, wow, that's a very interesting itinerary. You do spend... Um, some time in the Flinders Ranges on the way through as well and you do Kakadu National Park including Norlangi Rock, Yellowwater Billabong um, as I said the Daintree Rainforest and the northernmost point of Australia which is Bamaga including the Fruit Bat Falls there as well. Now that's going from May to September next year and that's roughly about Eight, uh, just over $8,000 for that, but again, with a lot of inclusions in it. Um, the Mekong trip as well, now we mentioned that, that's a 12-day itinerary, and that is going, as I said, in two departures. I think it's in January, February next year. Uh, that's a lovely itinerary if you're interested in that. The Canada and Alaska, now they've been promoting next year, but if you're still not wanting to wait that long you can actually still get away there are some departures with vacancies for this year with savings of up to three thousand dollars per couple now that's a big saving um now there these departures are 19 21 or 23 days they're all a little bit different in what they include on the land content but they all include a seven night holland america cruise of the inside passage and these are departures that as i said are going in 2022 uh, which is in august july august and september there's a varying range of departures but that offer ends on the 31st of May so you'd want to get in quickly if you want to take advantage of that. There are other tools if you're interested to doing the eastern side of Canada with a New England cruise on Holland America for seven nights which is doing the Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City areas and Niagara Falls as well of course and um, you start the cruise in Quebec City going all around those lovely parts of Prince Edward Island and Halifax etc finishing in Boston so that's a nice itinerary as well and there's a good Australian promotion at the moment with the West Australian Tourism Association called um, Wander Out Yonder it's time for you to wander out yonder and so there's lots of good discounts on selected WA tours with savings of up to $600 per couple on a wide range of West Australian itineraries so there's lots out there Jane and um, yeah they keep coming in and I'll keep letting you know about them as best I can. And we will talk travel to keep up with what's going on uh, in the travel area uh, next Friday after the one o'clock news to NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.